For those of you listening to this podcast in audio-only format, I want to advise you there are some really great insights in this episode that you can glean from the podcast. But if you really want the full experience, we've actually made a video version of this episode. So if you want to check it out, go over to youtube.com slash untap upkeep drink. What's up, Spellslingers? My name is Gary and John Wells, and this is Untap Upkeep Drink, the casual Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things magic while reviewing some brews. So today we're going to be doing deck building within a pre-release format, within a pre-release setting. So we're going to be taking an actual pre-release kit we've got here. We ordered an extra one. Drew got this for us. It's actually a surprise for me and Corey. As always, obviously, my boys are here. Drew, Corey... What's going on today? Well, like Garen said, I brought in a pre-release kit. Neither of these guys know what it is. So the idea is that Garen's going to pop this thing open. He's the least experienced of all of us as far as pre-release goes. So I want him to build a deck based on the surprise kit that's in there. Um, but it'll be a good demonstration of someone who's new. And then I want Corey to come in afterwards. So he's going to be gone for while Garen's building his deck. And he's we'll going to come in afterwards. reset the pack a little right. bit and, and have so, him draft it. Or build separate, yeah right? right and so i want Corey afterwards to try and figure out which guild kit we're actually building from we're going to stash the goodies so that way Ooh, he actually true. knows uh see if he can tell he won't even have the seated pack to the the right guys it should be fairly obvious because of how the seated packs work and it should be obvious in that that realm because all of the multi-carts are going to be from one guild basically but i'm going to shuffle them up mix it up uh just so that way he's got to resort everything and just See what he can do. We're going to compare and contrast and see what both of us did, both of us didn't do, or, or decisions that either of us made and why we did them, stuff like that. Just talk about, go through all the steps. Right. And yeah, see, if, I think my card evaluation is a lot lower than where you guys are at, so there could be a huge disparity, but I think it'd be interesting just to see, like, what if we both came up with almost the exact same deck, or what if they're completely different? And that shows yeah. both, A, there's a huge amount of decision-making that goes into the building process, and B... It may not be apparent just because you have a seated pack that you've got to do this XYZ right, build, you know? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> we're before obviously we going to be that. going off of, yeah, before we get into that, I, I wanted to mention that we've done a sealed uh, mini-sode. So we've kind of got a format that we're kind of building off of using the bread acronym and things like that. So we're going to be kind of mentioning that. So if you haven't seen that one, go check that one out. That should be released before this one. Um, and that should give you like a nice overview of what you're doing when you're pulling these packs and, and sorting them out. So yeah, it's kind of a, a template of how to build a sealed deck. Yeah, and just so all the base. So Garion's going to kind of be using that. Corey has his own methods, but he kind of sticks to the, the bread method fairly, fairly close. Yep. Um, just because it is such it a reliable works. way to, to build it a deck. It works. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, as always, we got some nice tasty brews here. So, uh, we had... Garyan's brother actually grabbed us some beers this time around. Yep, I, Thanks, Sean. Sean, pick us out some. I'm sure you guys can see this on camera. This is the sixth glass quadruple ale from Boulevard Brewing Company. Who's drinking this one? I think you are. You want to be drinking this one? Right. So it's a 10.2, uh, 22 IBUs. So it's not super bitter, uh, but it does have high alcohol content. That thing is going to be pretty strong on you. I'm getting drunk. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. All right. The other one we've got is this brainless passion uh belgian style ale brewed with passion fruit mm -hmm. and epic they're here in salt lake right i think they're in salt or utah and colorado and i think this one was bottled in salt lake so this is part of their experimental series um which we actually have had one on the show i think before of the experimental hopefully that's made it on uh if you guys haven't seen that one then hopefully you'll see it in the near future yeah epic brewing is fucking good yeah they are uh and then we've got Le Quatre? Is that supposed to be the four? It's, it's I a, guess so. It's a Red Rock Brewing, 6.2% alcohol. So this is a Saison, and I'm not a big fan of Saisons, but Corey, you kind of like them. Yeah, I like them, so this one, I'm going to take this one. Do you know what a Saison is? Can you explain that? Nope. No? They're just good. That's what they are. French-Belgian-style ale. So, yeah. so it's going to be a bit funkier than what a normal ale is. I feel like a lot of the out-of-the-country sort of styles of beers are a little more funky than the bland yeah, ass American <laughs> style. Oh, well, yeah, that's yeah. They have this thing called flavor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And speaking of out of the country, I've had some interesting beers over the, the past week or so. 
that I kind of those open. Kind of want to share here. So the first one was a Japanese beer. It was imported from Okinawa. Ooh, shit. Okay. So the, the first beer that so I had, had Japanese beer was from Okinawa. Was imported from Okinawa, uh, and it was the Orion. It was the Orion's original brew. Now I've had a fair amount of imported beers. I've had a lot of Sapporo and Kirin, and this one, some Ichiban, kind, yeah, kind of was an interesting beer in that it tasted very American-ish, except for it was just so much sweeter than a, a normal like domestic lager kind of threw me off. I'm not really that big into just that extra unnecessary sweetness. It was like a sugary. Talk bit. about a sweetness. Try that right there. That's a quadruple. That's sweet. It smells sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got like a nice reddish color. You might probably can't tell from above, but it's not too bad. So was it like a wheat style? Like what, what was it? It was definitely like a lager, okay. but it was just unnecessarily sweet. It was like, it was kind of generic. It was just kind of, uh, it was mild, but it was just sweet. It was sugary. It's like a sweet, but not Bud like Light. A, a malty sweet. Yeah, exactly. Like if you took like a Bud Light. I mean, that sounds better than sugar. a regular Bud Light, to be honest with it, you. But it was, it was as if they just added sugar just, oh, just yeah. to make it sweet rather than having like an actual flavor Some component sort of to it. reason for it to be sweet. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this Le Quattro or Le Quattro. That's probably just the fourth. The, the fourth. The Mine's fourth. the sixth. But the fourth, the exact way to describe it is funky. It's <laughs> yes. got it's got it's, like a really good flavor, but there's almost like a it's kind of mushroomy, I rotten got, yeah. aftertaste, but in a good way. Yeah, like a like a fungusy kind of. Okay, I was not prepared for this beer. I don't think you can de- definitely taste the alcohol in yours. It's yeah. a strong boy, <laughs> and it's oh. sweet. You can tell. Is it, it fruity? Just, um. Well, you're talking about kind of like a rotty kind of like funkiness <laughs> it? to it. Uh, Yours is funky too? Yeah, you'll have to try that one. I'm just going to try and parse what the fuck is going on in my mouth and on my nose. Uh, oh, yeah, that is weird. There's some tartness going on. Absolutely. It's like, has some sourness to it's it. It's almost like the tart bitter combination that you get from grapefruits, kind of, with like a funky overtone. But, but yeah, yeah, like. As if you just yeah like <laughs> let, let it sit and ferment for a while yeah, yeah go figure we'll have to try Corey's here that one's more funky still I think they're funky in different ways yeah this one smells a lot funkier oh yeah the the nose on that one that one's gonna be hard to get through I'll be honest well it's what nine point something percent and how many how many milliliters it's twenty two twenty two ounces it's pint six tall you'll get halfway through large you'll, you'll in charge about it. yeah. All right, let's put these beers away. Let's get these cups out of the way. And uh, let's get Corey out of the way, right? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, Before we do that, let's talk about our actual pre-release experience. So first off, we've got to talk about the Ravnica Legion's pre-release. We all attended. Uh, we had a couple friends go with us as well. Yep. Uh, coincidentally, the three of us here all chose different guilds to build from. Um, so, Garen, tell us what you played and why. So I chose Rakdos because I really liked the idea of doing some direct damage. I really liked the spectacle mechanic. Um, but in looking through the cards, I really wanted to splash white before I ever got a box before I ever did, before I'd ever even seen what I could be getting. You so know you picked I mean? Rakdos like, so you could play Marty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like. I really, really wanted to splash in some flyers with some afterlife and do all these things. And I forced it <clears throat> once I got my kit. Uh, and I didn't have the white that I needed. There was some removal that was, I think I had a mortify and some cool shit in there but there wasn't enough to make it worth splashing and i think it just spread me too thin uh i think i would have been better just doing rakdos or splashing for green instead but it was fun and i actually really kind of fell in love with rakdos as a as a guild because it was just everything you pulled out i could fire at it you know what i mean it was just like go 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 so that was i mean it was a cool learning experience and in that Gary's talking about wanting the smash face. Corey, you went for the guild that does. So exactly I went that. gruel for Ooh. obvious reasons. Because if you're not going gruel, then you just then you just die. Cool. Like it's just straightforward. Not gruel. So green is my favorite color, and so I usually go with decks that have green in them. And one of the, my very first modern decks I built was a gruel deck with Rorikthar. and so gruel just has this 
soft place in my heart. So cute. And I love the riot mechanic, so I thought that'd be really good, really riot powerful, cool. really fun. Riot is strong. I did not do very well. <laughs> I didn't get very much removal, so I had to go Jund because all my removal spells were black. And I just got Jund them out, dude. I tried, but I got mana screwed a bunch of games, and I just couldn't get the deck going. Didn't have enough riot synergy. Yeah, but as for me, I actually had a deck that was yeah, you almost exactly what I wanted. Uh, I went Orzhov because that's just my favorite color pairing when it comes to yeah. to sealed limited. Well, basically everything. I think um, one of your first modern decks was an Orzhov. Oh yeah, I was. It was, it was literally I was a Ravnica themed. Yeah, uh, based on extort. Really? So uh -huh. even just outside, not even just in this set. You're just all time. That's your favorite color pairing. Yeah, yeah. One of his first modern decks. His first commander deck. Basically, my first of anything yeah. is probably going to be black white. <laughs> I, it's funny that first. it's funny that like the way I do it now is so different from then because back oh, then yeah. it was like I thought life gain was the coolest thing. I was just like, yeah, if, yeah. if I just have a billion life, no one can kill me. Right? <laughs> right. And now it's like, oh, you mean I get to take all these creatures that have you know marginal value on their own? I get to sacrifice them or just play super aggressively until they die. I get extra value off of them dying, and then I just fucking keep doing it like. It's so much yeah. good value that it was so cool. Uh, I was I was pumped about it. Uh, I got some good pulls. Um, I ended up actually running into Mardu because I ended up with, I think, my favorite card from the set, uh, Judith, the oh, Scourge yeah. Taker. Oh, yeah. And she's just a bomb on her own. Judith. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get Which anything. Was a <laughs> and so Judith on her own, she anthems, she partially anthems her team. She buffs their, their power. And then she has a kind of blood artist-like trigger where whenever one of your creatures dies, you get to ping something. Right. And so... Like having that on top of Seraph of the Scales and like all these other creatures that have afterlife, like I had a, a pretty solid deck. Like it was nothing to, to laugh at. So were you running any spectacle cards that were trying to capitalize off of Judith or was it more just like an extra added value of what you were basically doing? Uh, Judith just played in the deck so well that there was no way I wasn't running her. Uh, right. Just because if you want creatures to die, then do that. But I was running a couple cards of spectacle just because I was playing black anyways. Um, so... I just got a lot of value off the deck. And I ended up with two and a draw, uh, which I think was the best of our, our group that went. Um, I only drew in the last round because played against another Orzhov deck. And I think I drew 22 lands in 30 draws throughout two games. Such a <laughs> solid draw. I, like I still almost won <laughs> both of those games. That's just how, how much value the deck had. Um, but then one of the games just went super long because of it and we ended up just pulling a draw, which... It happens in previous. Yep, it does. Uh, go to time, and that's just that's just how it is. Uh, so let's try and get get the show on the road. Yeah, let's hop into it. Gary, and you're up. All, All right. right, so Gary, let's get into it. Here it is. Da 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 da. Uh oh. This is definitely two colors and do not play that. Yeah, this is this is not Garion's forte, so it'll be interesting to see how he builds okay. it. Okay. Uh, so we've got an Azorius kit here. Yep. Uh, the intent is that none of us played this kit during pre-release. True. So it'll give us a different perspective on how to to build and how to like evaluate the cards here because we haven't done so. Gosh, what was the uh, Azorius mechanic? It was uh, addendum. Addendum. So if you were to play something that has flash or that is an instant speed oh, card right. at sorcery speed, uh, then you could... extra yeah. value. Okay. Now I will say, I'm digging the So die. the die is sick. So yeah. sick. You guys can see that. That is a, a nice, nice die. Very pleased with the set and how those turned out. I'm just chucking all the, the rubbish away. So that way when Corey comes back in. The no rubbish, clue. you British. All right. All right, so we got to our instructions. So I saw that. I don't know if you saw that. So we're going to hide, hide I mean, that. I saw our face. I don't know who it is. Okay, so that's good. Um, and kind of them to have a nice deck building instructions for the new players here. Just kind of how to build a sealed kit. Um, just the Which, to be perfectly ideas. honest, dude, sometimes I still use it. I'll look at it and be like, what? What is it that they talk about with curve? Because playing commander so often, the curve is a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah, and for so, sure. Um, you know, if I ever forget, I'm, I'm looking at it. But yeah, they have like the suggestions for how many creatures, your other spells, and then your curve, your mana curve. 
um, and then your your land suggestions. Um, and we have done an episode on sealed. So if you do have any questions about that, definitely use that as a reference. Uh, we did this so that new players can have that or just even experienced players that aren't into sealed or whatever can go back through and say, okay, this is what these guys do. Yeah. And it's just a nice guide. We also have a spirit token, which for those of you who play on arena, flip that over. Well, here's your code. So that'll give you, I don't even know if that still works anymore, but it might give you uh, a sealed draft. I don't know if it gives you sealed or draft. Put it right up there. All right. So this last pre-release, what I did was I opened up my seated pack first. And I want you to do that last just because I think it influences you so much. Yeah, I think, I think after... after reviewing what I did, how I did, what my deck was, and what it could have been after I kind of looked at it all as a whole, I think from now on, if they ever do seed it again, I'm going to be opening that last, and I would advise everybody else to do that last because, of course, this is going to have a ton of blue and white cards, but that does not mean that the rest of these are going to have really great blue and white cards. All right, so I'm going to start popping packs. Here we go. All right, so Gary's going to go through these as fast as he, he normally would, which, I mean... We're able to build decks fairly quickly now. Uh, but if he has any interesting cards or cards that are just like drawing him to a certain color or certain uh, mechanic or something like that, then he'll read those out and we'll talk about them. Yep. And I usually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to separate by creatures and spells and separate them by color. So I'm going to go white, red. I'm actually going to leave blue here. And we're going to go ahead and do green. Now... Don't tell Corey, but I'm going to steal his beer. That's fine. Yeah, I think he said you could. Anybody that knows, anybody who's been listening for a while is going to know, I really like black cards. So a lot of times, anything with death touch, any of these sorts of mechanics that uh, sort of run as black specific, I really am drawn to them. And so I have to sort of be careful. I really like this angel here, mostly because she sort of sits... In the middle power level, she's got flying, and when she enters the battlefield, you gain two life. Oh, yeah, the Archway Angel. So, on her own, she's kind of expensive. She's six mana for a three, four. But if you control gates, then it just gets better, and every single pack that you open is going to have a gate. Yep. Ooh, that's what I like to see. That is a nice foil. Foil. It's a it's a bummer that uh, Drew actually bought this set because all these cards are going to go back to him. <laughs> yeah, right, we've got uh, I'll be honest, Gilgate. there's a good chance I'm just going to sell that card. I'm a spirit that card's token. Where'd you put in. those tokens at? Do you have them? I can just put tokens on the side. You may, you may need them. I may need them, in fact. All right, so now <clears throat> what, I'll, what I'll say is that I don't generally make a whole lot of decisions when I'm sorting. I know Corey and Drew generally do, mostly because they know a lot of the cards, especially where I don't know a lot of the Azorius cards. I am going to, for the most part, I mean, I'm looking at my bombs, I'm looking and seeing what we've got, but for the most part, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be making a whole lot of major decisions in my head um, as I sort these. Can you read out the rare at least? Or- yeah, my rare uh, for the first pack was... Rampage of the Clans. It's an instant for three and a green. It says destroy all artifacts and enchantments. For each permanent destroyed this way, its controller creates a 3-3 green centaur creature token. Now, that is removal, but it's specific removal, so it's more of a sideboard thing. You're not going to see a lot of artifacts and enchantments in sealed, generally speaking. It's going to be creatures and some spells, and creatures are going to be your your mainstay. But that is a decent sideboard card. All right, we've got our first Azorius card here. Uh, I'll read that out. It's high alert. It's one, a white, and a blue for an enchantment. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Creatures you control attack as though they didn't have defender. I'm going to go ahead and put that there. I really like Priest of Forgotten Gods. Sacrifice two other creatures, any number of target players. Each lose two life and sacrifice a creature. You add two mana and draw a card. So this, in sealed, in pre-release... It, it could have the potential terrible, to go off, right? but at the same time, like if somebody's pointing some removal at your creatures and you're able to, to get rid of them real quick, uh, there is a board wipe in this set, which if you can just gain value off of it, it's great. Um, but on its own, it's okay. I really like it for Commander as well. Oh, absolutely. I, re- I really like it. Yeah. Okay. We've got another Azorius Guildgate. Well, I guess we had a Halophantom before, but there's another Azorius land. So we've got that and we got ourselves a little goblin token. 
That's true. This one here prying eyes uh, is almost an always include for me. If I'm running blue, I'm probably going to keep that in. It is expensive, but it's so good uh, for filtering and card draw that it's just really hard to pass that up. All right, so you just pulled Fairy Duelist. That card is a pretty strong card. Fairy Duelist, that's this guy here. He's one in a blue for a creature fairy rogue. He's a 1-2 with flash and flying. And it says, when Fairy Duelist enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls gets negative 2, negative 0 until end of turn. So that's a solid uh, instant-like flyer. I like that. We've got another locket. Uh, final Payment is actually kind of a cool card but i don't know where we're gonna fit that in just yet uh get to, get the point is a a pretty good card when you're get to the point Ractus. yeah, yeah like like we said before i ran Rakdos and it was pretty just cool premium removal yep plus a nice scry effect yeah all right we've got spire mangler and we got judith again there we go we're pulling judith all over the place and by except that i mean when i needed it in the actual <laughs> And that's just two that we've ever pulled, but you know. Well, I think Terrence got one too, so I think we saw like three of them, maybe. I don't know. Out of a lot of packs. That's true, but still, it felt like everybody was getting one by me. You know what I mean? All right. <clears throat> so we've got a Sage's Row Savant. I like that card. That's a Try nice and little bring uh, the cards out more because you're. Here and then you're just putting them down. There you go. Creature Devil, that's a nice little uh one mana Rakdos card that I'll toss off here. Aramunculus is a good Simic card. We all like that guy. We're gonna put that in our duel. Do you sort like that when you sort your cards? Do you put them over in uh like multicolored? Yeah, multi I, I generally point? sort in Wooburg order, right? So white, blue, black, red, green, and then I have a separate pile for artifacts and a separate pile. Four multicolored cards. Okay. Now, Carnival Carnage was really cool. I wish I would have gotten one of those. That's also a Rakdos card. We'll put that away. And then our rare for this one was Cinder Vines, which is an enchantment uh, for a red and a green. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, Cinder Vine deals one damage to that player. You can tap one and sacrifice Cinder Vines, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Cinder Vine deals... Two damage to that permanence controller. So that's a pretty good removal as well as some extra damage dealt. We got another Simic Guild Gate and a zombie token. So you got a couple Simic Guild Gates. So there's potential for you, even if you're in Azores, to splash into some Simic cards in there. Splash some green. All right. So this is our last normal pack. Yep. We've got another Sage's Real Savant and a Twilight Pathfinder, a little kitty cat. Um, Territorial Boar, Undercity's Embrace, that's a decent card, um, Appalled Biom Applied Biomancy, excuse me, that's uh, a decent, um, Simic card when you, when you run oh, those. We've got Scuttle Gutter, Gator, excuse me, Scuttle Gator, which is another really good Simic card. But because it is split cost. You could play that in the Zorus deck just fine. That's true. He could just be four and two blue. Especially since you do have a high alert in there. Means yep. that even with Defender, he can still attack. Now, what I'm seeing here as I pull these out, we got a fray, uh, Frilled Mystic. He's, this card is uh, sweet. Yeah, it's two greens and two blues for a creature, Elf Lizard Wizard. He's a 3-2 with Flash. When Frilled Mystic enters the battlefield, you may counter target spell. So it's basically a four-mana counter spell on a creature, which is great. Uh, we've got Code of Constraint, which is a great card. Howl of Fountain, another. Oh, wow. Uh, we've got Senate Griffin. Uh, I'll read that to you. He's uh, two and a split cost uh, Azorius mana. So two and two split cost Azorius mana. He's a creature Griffin with flying. When Senate Griffin enters the battlefield, scry one. So that's a nice little card draw. So I will say, based on just what you've got right there. Got another Gruel Guild game. You've got the lands for sure. 
that if you wanted to play Simic and splash into Azorius, you'd be fine. Or if you wanted to main that Azorius board and then splash into Simic, again, you're, you're pretty healthy there. I was going to say, what I'm looking at now, and I like that I've done this, and I think for sure I'll definitely do this for the past. We have not opened a seeded pack here. So this is all sort of quote-unquote random cards. Right. And so it's leaning very heavy blue, white, green. As far as my stronger cards, I think right now, uh, if I were just to have these cards, I'd probably go Simic and maybe Splash Azorius. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and open that seeded pack and see what we've got. Uh, see if that sort of sways the tides. Either way, I think it's a, it looks like a strong build to go. So, I want you to hide the rare. I want you to look at that one last because that card is an absolute bomb. You guys can see me pull it out. I won't look at it. All right. So, as always, you're going to have to lock it. Right, Azorius Locket. We've got the Senate Guildgate, which is a great card. Right, you're going to have Guild Mage. Er, oh, you're right, Guild Mage. Senate Guild Mage is one white and one blue for a creature human wizard. It's a 2-2, two, two, and it says when you tap a white and tap uh, Senate Guild Mage, you gain two life. If you tap a blue and tap Senate Guild Mage, draw a card, then discard a card. Uh, so that's a pretty strong Yeah, card. so it lets you loot, which is a pretty yep. strong thing. Um, and that life gain actually is pretty good if you're able to consistently pull it out. I was going to say, especially in uh, limited format like this, it's not too bad. <clears throat> We've got Resolute Watchdog, Code of Constraint, another, uh, which is basically, I mean, I'll read this for you since we've got a couple of them. It's basically like removal. We've got an instant. It's two and a blue for target creature gets negative four, negative zero until end of turn. Draw a card. It also says addendum. If you cast this during your main phase, tap that creature, and it doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Right. It's got a freeze effect on there, so right. it's pretty decent. So it helps you win combat or just gets you or uh, taps that card. Off, yeah. And, yeah, Which is both are great. Another Justicer's Portal. Uh, Sphinx's Insight. Draw two cards for four mana. Addendum. If you cast this during your main phase, you gain two life. That's Another just solid card. Decent card draw. We've got Persistent Petitioners. It's a human advisor. Uh, one, three for a one and a blue. It says uh, tap one and tap Persistent Petitioners. Target player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. Tap four untapped advisors you control. Target player puts the top 12 cards of their library into the graveyard. So unfortunately, that's the only one we have. Right. And a deck can have any number of cards named Persistent Petitioners. So this is obviously one of those uh, cards that sort of... It's an alternate win con on its own yeah. if you can... Build the deck around it. Yeah, in sealed, good freaking luck trying to. So pull I that think off. in this deck, that might have a home, and I'll show you why once we start getting the deck building. We've got a couple advisors, maybe. Uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. So this is impassioned orator. He's one in white for a two-two creature human cleric. If anyone's familiar with the card Soul Sister, this is basically the I guess male version of that. The right. Soul Mister. Soul Mister. Soul Sir. Soul Brother. Yeah. <laughs> so brother i like that all right we've got coral commands it's two and a blue for a three two creature mulfork merfolk wi warrior uh, and that's all he is yeah he's a nice vanilla creature there another senate griffin uh chillbringer we've got four and a blue for a creature elemental he's a three three with flying and when chillbringer enters the battlefield tap target creature and opponent controls it doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step very strong so card uh, one turn removal plus it's a flying 3-3 three, three. I like that card a lot generally you're going to pay about 5 mana for a 3-3 three, three flyer in blue anyways so to have that effect tacked on is very good yeah I agree 10th district veteran is 2 and a white for a 2-3 creature human soldier with vigilance whenever 10th district veteran attacks untap another target creature you control so that's kind so of so cool. give something pseudo vigilance it's kind of a, a cool effect yeah yeah I like that uh, we've got another Azorius guild gate which I'm super down for Oh, we got two of them. We got two Azorius Guildgates. So we're looking. So looking after that, decent. Your your Azorius pool is fairly strong, and your rare hero of Precinct One. It's one and white for a creature human wizard. It's a two two, and it's ever and it says whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a one one white human creature token. So your multicolored is stack is looking sick. pretty fat. It is, and a lot of those are blue and white. Now, what I'm going to do is if if I were at a pre-release right now, I know I'm not going red and black. I know I'm not going red and green. So I'm going to take out a lot of these cards that I pr I know poor I'm Judith. probably not going to go to. Yeah, poor Judith. She's getting tossed. 
uh, rafter demon really like you, you're getting tossed. All right, we're going to talk to us. Now, when we look at these, I've got some white and black cards. These are ones that in, in the beginning I was looking and thinking, okay, these might be worth splashing uh, if I get something that pulls me that way. I don't feel like I did, so I'm tossing those as well. Yeah. All right. For me, if I was looking at it, I would look straight into my lands that I got and see how many of the Orzhov Guildgates did I get. And I think you got one. Yeah, yeah, I think one. Yeah, just one. So just that makes it kind of hard to splash game. because then you're actually having to use non-tap uh, lands there, which, because then you actually have to use basics in there and that kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah. That's true. Now, what what another another thing we look at when we're looking to build these decks is how how do we go about splashing? So I've got quite a few Azorius lands as well as a couple Simic lands. So that tells me I have a really good chance to fix all three of those colors, uh, which I really like. Yeah, the nice thing about these lands is that even if you are Simic, then that means that all of those Azorius lands are blue lands for you that additionally will tap for white. Um, and same can be said for your Simic lands if you're playing Azorius. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, Drew, but as far as my personal preference, I don't like the lockets at all. I toss them every time. Uh, it depends on what deck I'm in. If I'm in a slower deck, then I start to consider them more. Uh, but if I'm in a, a faster deck that wants to just kind of beat face as fast as possible, then that's not really worth it. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and toss these lands to the side. We know we're probably going to look into those. Senate Griffin, I like him. I've got two of them, so I'm tossing them in. High alert. Uh, enchant creature. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Uh, I'm going to put that on the side. I think it could be good, but i got to make sure by looking at the creatures that I'm going to include. Uh, Sphinx's Insight. Draw two cards. I do like that. We're probably going to throw that in there. Now we're looking at the Senate Guild Mage, which I like as well. That's a creature there. And we're going to go ahead and put Hero of Precinct 1. Uh, I'm I'm not going to say a guarantee, but he's pretty, he's looking pretty solid. We're going to keep him in there. Uh, this 10th District Veteran I really like because he untaps another creature. I think we'll keep him for now. Watchful Giant is a giant soldier. When he enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 human creature token. He's a 3-6 for 6. But if we're including things like High Alert, he may become a 6-6. Six, six. So we'll go ahead and put him in there for now. Viscopa Vampire. This is another one of those dual land cards that you can consider a white card. He's a three mana, three one with lifelink. He's okay. He's okay. We're going to go ahead and put him here for now. Uh, Impassioned Orator. We've got another of those. Syndicate Messenger. Now, I really, really lean on cards that have flying, so I really like this guy. We're going to go ahead and put him here. We've got another impassioned orator. So again, I probably most likely won't run all three of these, but I'm going to go ahead and stack them because I think they're worth probably playing. And so we'll have them in this set. We'll have them in the stack to, to pick between. Now we've got Chillbringer. He is a five mana three, three. And it says when he enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. It doesn't untap during its controllers next untap step. Now, in essence, that's sort of like removal, and I really like that, so we're going to go ahead and count him for now. Uh, Skitter Eel is a fish crab, which is just tight as it is. He's got Adapt 2 for 3 mana, so he can become a 5-5 five, five over 7 mana, 2 turns, something like that. I think he's probably going to be okay. Where he's a 3-3 three, three for 4, that's a little expensive, but we'll keep him for now. Sage's Row Savant enters the battlefield scry 2. I really like that card. We're going to keep him. Uh, and, and because we have got two of those, we're going to go ahead and put them both in. We've got two of the Homunculus. He's hexproof. He's a 2-5. I really like this card with, uh, obviously, with things like High Alert. Uh, I don't know that I'll play both of them, but we'll put him in there. Fairy Duelist. He has Flash and Flying, and he gives target creature and opponent controls negative two negative zero until end of turn so in essence he can be a little bit like evasion i mean he him. has evasion on his own he's flying and right. he's gonna help yeah. you win combat once right yeah. so, have you been uh, counting him i was gonna say let's make a count so 
After counting these, I've got on the top row here with these sort of includes that I had 22 with high alert, that'd be 23, which is really where you want to sit. But I know there are duplicates of some of the things that I may or may not run. There are also things that may be better as sideboard cards instead of as, you know, your main deck. So I'm going to go ahead and look through and just see. So is that all of your spells? That's all my Azorius spells. Right. Yes. So. All right. So. If we were running just Azorius, where are your cuts? What does what your deck look like? So if we were running just Azorius, I'd probably cut one of the Justicers portal and put it on my sideboard in case I was using that a lot. Um, having three cards at six mana is crazy. Four if you count Prying Eyes. Yeah, I don't know if I do yet. Uh, I really like the flying. That's huge for me. The two life for each gate is going to be incidental. I think I would keep these two and cut this guy if I had to. What I really like about the pull that I have here is there is a lot of evasion. So I'm sort of looking at the mechanics that each of these cards has and what it can do for me in the long run as I play it. And if I'm weighing one card against another, I'm deciding which one is more beneficial in every stage of the game. I really don't like getting rid of these. These are really good uh, removal. So you're talking about maybe cutting Twilight Panther, right? Because you don't have the ability to make a death touch. Right. Yeah, if you're actually running high alert, then it, it gets a little bit better. It's a 2-2 two, two for 2, and that's that's or 2-2 two, two for 1, rather. And that's pretty solid. Which is solid, but you can't always guarantee you're going to But it's also not a 3-3 three, three for 1. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um the the guild mage is good um because for one mana you can draw and discard which i like yeah, especially filter cards. if you can, yeah great. if you can do even twice you're getting hella value off that card um i really like the scry but maybe i'll run only one of them for now And so I've made two cuts. I got to cut one more. Um, I got two Senate Griffins, but I really like that card. I think it's worth keeping. I think because of the decision I'm making myself have and not knowing what to do, I might cut one of the Senate Griffins just because I know I'm running two of them. Oh, I was like, what do you, what do you want? Um, I don't know that that's the right decision. I probably should cut scuttle gator or something like that but i think in a vacuum i would have this and then have things like the senate griffin uh on the sideboard for if i knew i needed it and it was really working where it needed to be i'd have it there to, to toss in um i didn't get a whole lot of removal unfortunately which is a bummer so is this your 23 i think so yeah and then i'm going to conclude all of these. Even the Simic one? Oh, not the Simic ones. I'm so sorry. No, I mean, if you do, you're getting value off of the, the angel, right? Yeah, I was going to say and that's it is a, it's it a tapped blue source, right? So it's basically... Yeah, but then it's basically only going to give me blue. Correct. And it's going to be a tap land. Yes, it is a tapped blue source. Right? Um, and that and is it. to me, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's worth it. Not enough value? Okay. No. All right, so... I can't guarantee I'm going to have those cards out to make it work. You've got a couple shock lands in there. Yep. Three great. Got a couple shock lands in there. Three gates. And then, how's your mana? What does your mana look like? Um, it's exactly even. <laughs> 13 and 13. So, we've got five here, and I would just split the, the what is it, another 10, 12. 12, yeah. Something like that, yeah. 12. Six and six? Yeah, I'd probably split them even. Six and six. All right, that sounds reasonable. White and blue. So, all right, so this is Garion's 23. Uh, we're going to shuffle this all up into everything else, and we're going to see how Corey builds. So now we've actually got Corey sitting in the helm, and Garion, you can see my hand here. I'm in the back here. Uh, we've sort of shuffled a pile for him. It's not going to be quite as exhilarating as it was for me to crack open them packs, but Yeah, I don't think the, the rares are spread out as well as they could have been. I could have definitely seeded those in every 15 cards or so. All right, so 
We've got Corey in with us. Uh, I don't know okay. what you did with your beer. It's doing here. All right. Virginia uh, Bacon. So he's, he's breaking the rules already. Teach us a thing or two here. I don't know if I'm the right guy, but let's give it a shot. So what I always do, I obviously always sort it by color first. Obviously. I think that's what everybody does. Do you have a does. specific order or? No, I just, whatever, whatever, comes first? whatever pops up first. I always do multicolored spells in a separate pile. I always do lands, separate pile, and then artifacts. So you got your multicolor. Your sp- and then I just, I don't even look at what the cards are until I sort everything. Not even like those flashy rares. Unless pop, there's, but- I check out the rares in the packs, see if there's any sweet versus petitioners. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah. We're, getting a, we're getting a list. <laughs> and just make a couple notes, but mo- for the most part... I just sick token. That token is sick. Shlinks. I wish we got in the card for it. Oh, spoiler there if you know that exact <laughs> one card. Oh, I see a foil peeking out. Yeah, there's a couple foils in there, I think. I mean, obviously the, the promo's a foil, but I hid that one away. So while you're going through, Gary has me. Banger. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Making me rigid. <laughs> so Gary and I kind of had a small conversation. What do you think about the the lockets in the set while you're sorting? Um for sealed. For sealed, I think they're okay. I they're How not, often do you play them? Never. <laughs> okay. Like they are last resort. Yeah, they are are you desperate? Yeah, exactly, right. yeah. Like unless and I was saying that but unless are you you're saying a, desperate for for some ramp or for, for for playables for like fixing ramp is I mean like you it have to does be desperate for all of those things or is it like oh shit I, think I really got to fix I'm gonna throw a lock in it is it worth it to just do it for that one purpose or is it uh, like if you really fucked generally I would try and stay away from it just for that like I would never use it for ramp unless like I had the greediest curve of all time yeah. But three mana is kind of when you want to start playing real spells in sealed. By a greedy curve, you mean high, lots of high. lots yeah. of big boys, yeah. Uh, but other than that, I would try and stay away from it. Unless, like I was talking about with you, is that if I'm playing like a high control deck and I want to get some extra card advantage later on in the game, um, so it kind of you know helps me get to the late game in and of itself by being that ramp. It allows me to be greedier on. Uh, what cards I play, you know? Yeah. And then it lets me get that card draw at the end because I don't need that extra the man at the end. And sealed tends to go long anyway, so it's a little bit better than it is in like draft or something like that, but I don't like it. Yeah, there she is. Judith. There she is. Yeah, this is actually some pretty fun cards in here. Fucking, I was telling them like, holy shit. Do you remember if Terrence drew a Judith? I'm not sure. I thought I was the only person that pulled Judith. I think so because... You think he did? No, he got a... A Vanifar, and I think he got a, uh, what's the plane? Tesa and uh, Kaya. Kaya. Because he, he also a got a Tesa, I'm pretty sure. Because I was like, yo, bro, yeah, he got, I want to buy that. He got some money. <laughs> he's like, wait, is it that good? And I was like, no, it's trash. It's like <laughs> it's like a 50 cent card. Oh, <laughs> He's like, no, you're not going to buy it. He's like, all right. Yeah, anytime yeah. someone wants to buy it at the store, just take it to this desk because they'll probably give you more. I mean, you just go for trades and stuff. Yeah, I think that's, that's yeah, the trades move. Or, or yeah, trades. I do store in-store Credit, yeah, credit yeah. is pretty solid. All right, so what you see in here? What do you think? Um, our kit is. I think so when it's you sort Azorius. like this, where you've got your colors, were you were you just paying a lot of attention to the cards as you pulled them out, or no. did you just look at? No, he I was mean, just oh, like he I, was. I pay attention to, like the spicy cards, like ooh, that's a sweet card. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Ooh, so that's a foil. Does that give you any hints? I mean, it still seems Azorius. <laughs> Does that give you any hints? As in what you're going to build or what you think the seeded pack was? (laughs) Sorry, what what was that? What the seeded pack was. Is that what you're guessing, Azorius? Is you're saying that's what you're going to build or what That's what 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 the seeded pack was. Okay, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I mean, the the game is given away. Yeah, it's it's very strong in the multicolored once you get there. Uh, And obviously, like, your blue and white is pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, So... Let's get you to sort your cards, like your your bonus sort here, get spells, lands, whatever you want. How do you build? Like what, once you've got this sorted. Okay, here. so once I got all these. You throw away the, the tokens. Check. I throw the tokens aside. Check them. I always look for removal. That's what I always do first. 
So you're saying your acronym is not bread, it's Herbied. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when we when we hearken back to the sealed episode, we talk about the acronym bread, bombs, bombs removal, removal, evasion, aggro, and then your duds, your dirt, and your dregs. Hell yeah. Lots of D's, but <laughs> that's all the shit I get. Yeah. And so we were talking about it. Well, I guess I, I'll I'll talk about it at the end because he's still sorting cards. Go ahead. Me and well, me and Corey both sort of break the order of bread in importance because for me, a lot of times when I'm picking through my sealed pool, I'm looking for evasion. I'm looking for flyers. I'm looking for unblockable. I'm looking for hexproof. I'm looking for that shit that can get my damage through. Right, but when we're talking about bombs, effort. like if you were to look through your Dominaria pool, right, and you see a Teferi and a Lyra. You are immediately saying, right. I am playing both of these cards. It doesn't matter what I am. That's I a bomb. That's true. That is exactly what you're building. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that is what a bomb is. There is no specific bomb really in this kit. I mean, Corey has high alert up, and that that is the closest to a bomb, I think, out of this pack. Uh, especially knowing that it is an Azorius pack. Obviously, you've got your Hallowed Fountains, which is a little disappointing as far as just those are rares that could have been something else. Yeah, that is um they're but sweet. It also but is it, insane fixing for you if you decide to go into a different color because then you can have two colors that come in untapped yeah that, that fix you uh but it's unfortunate but they're still very good cards right yeah, yeah you should probably sleeve that up real quick yeah <laughs> gary I keeps on just like do. picking it up by the art <laughs> <laughs> i actually do have some sleeves for you so decision making that you're doing right now you said you're looking for removal right i That's always what you're look at for? removal and then try and build my colors around what removal I have. Okay. Because in my opinion, removal is key. Unfortunately, all my good removal is in Rakdos. Yep. <laughs> that is something that I noticed when Gary was building his pool, that if it were you and me, who we tend to build to our removal, uh, I would be building a very weird deck. Yeah. Especially. <laughs> I'm not sure where I'm going like, with this. And so. again, I do have a bias as someone who has drafted this set a, a few times and one of the cards that I, I draft is on the board right now, and it's something that I have won, I think, probably more games based on that card alone than just any, like, p color pairing strategy. And it hurts because this is an Azorius pack, <laughs> and those are the... All right, so lay it out here. Let's but, see what I your Marty looks if like. If we're talking about, like, what you're saying right now, where technically you didn't have a seated pack to skew any of your... yeah any of your thought process, that's probably the way you should build it, right? It, is you should look at it and go, okay, yeah, I did have an Azorius seated pack, but this whole crew is leading me in a totally different direction yeah. because of XYZ. So just looking at the Hallowed Fountain on TCG, I'll have to look at on Card Kingdom, but it's about 1830 right now. So you did pay for your pack just in those those With two. Those two yeah. yeah. A non foil is about seven thirty. So not bad. Yeah. All right. So Corey, talk us through what you're doing here. We got a little distracted. Okay, so I find all my removal, and that's sort of what I base my colors on. For better or for worse. What were your main removal that you chose? What was that? I mean, I have two get the points. And then I've got some enchantment, sky tethers. Signed to the pit, a lot of black and red. Final payment, pretty good. I didn't get a mortify, sadly. Got a burn spell. Got some tap down. Got Judith, which is just removal on a stick. If I got some sack outlets. And then these are all of my removal spells. And then, so I've decided I'm going to try and do Mardu. And then I look at all my creatures and non-creatures and go heavy on the creatures and then throw in some combat tricks if I need to. If not, then I just run creatures and removal. All right, Corey. Looks like you're getting close to your to your deck here. Talk us through what you're what you're doing. Okay, so after I decided on removal and colors, I start making my curve and just putting everything in order for mana cost. I try and skew heavy on the creatures. And then after that, it's just time to make some cuts, which so is the hardest part. Are these being part. cut? Yeah, these are the cards that I think are going to be cut first. I think I'm going to try and go... Have you been counting? Do you know where you're at right no, now? No, I'm or? just ordering stuff. Okay, gotcha. I think I'm going to try, right? try and go a little bit wide, try and run as much afterlife as possible. 
try and make tokens using this. There's a couple of sacrifice. Yeah, there's a lot of potential for that card in there. That's yeah. the reason I was so stoked to see it. Is Which card is it? The Hero Precinct one. Because oh, okay. either even in the Azorius deck, if you're splashing anything in there, uh, you're going to get those multicolored spells. Uh, and then the split cost cards, like your little demon friend down there. Yeah. Um, really good. Yeah. Are I just fantastic. Down by that card. <laughs> yeah. uh, but just the fact that you have a two mana spell that comes out and then you can just accrue value off of it without even having to attack with it, block with it. It's just there. Yeah. Anytime you play those multicolored spells, get another guy and it's just. Yeah. Worst comes to worst, it's a 2 2 for two. It's a curve it, filler. It, it makes so much more. Yeah. Just value the crews. Yeah. If you have like instant you speed shenanigans with it, it's fantastic because yeah. they attack. You throw out, I'm going to say, get to the point, which I believe is an instant speed for five mana, kill your creature. I get a scry and I get a token. Yeah. Like, get the point is solid. Get to the point is great. Yep. I'm definitely running those. So All right. Now, so you're about to kill your dick. Dick? Dick. <laughs> with my, I got with your dick. my, my big white and red dick. As I was watching you cut, you were cutting from lowest to highest mana cost. Is that normal or is it? I mean, were you cutting as a consideration of your curve? I was. I try to stick to the lower end of the curve, but a lot of my removal keep, was on keep, the high end, okay. and so I was trying to cut spells that might I might not need and try and keep as much removal as possible. Okay. But right. I think I'm at so, 23. So do you want me cards to right take now? these out of here? Yeah, all of this stuff I'm not okay. using. And then three, So what are we sitting at? Where's your number? So I got 15 <clears throat> creatures, I believe. Okay. How many cards do you have? 23. 23. Right. So, so you're at a final cut right now. Walk us through your deck right here. Let us know what it is you're trying to do. What does this deck want to do? I'm How trying to make little dudes at the beginning. Tokens that I can sacrifice for value. And then I don't have a lot of bombs. Most of my bombs were removal. I've got a flyer. Some afterlife cards. So just try and make as many tokens, basically. And a little overrun. And hopefully... Judith is out, so they all get buffed. Judith is tight. Judith is Judith tight, is turns out. Good. And then with Judith, if I can keep sacrificing the little guys and just shooting everything or just doing direct damage, yeah. just getting as much yeah, value off these little guys sure. as possible. All right, so this is your 23. Uh, your focus was on removal. Yeah. And then trying to get kind of as many multicolored cards as you could so that you could get value off of Hero uh, into Judith. and And just overrun basically and remove the, so the big big boys i didn't look at my seated pack first i actually chose where i was going before the seated pack was open and i went azorius with maybe simic based on evasion was my high priority and and sort of the bombs sort of what yeah. i thought were the big cards and Corey came in and has a completely different, massively different deck based on removal because of what he prioritized. And so, A, I think it's pretty cool that it shows yeah, that is pretty the decision-making so, is completely different between people. What do you think is most important, right? My deck would have had a lot of evasion versus this deck, but his deck would have had a lot of removal. And so... So you went Bant? Did you? you I went didn't know, he stuck with, no, I kept Azorius. Azorius. Oh, just I, I was thinking mono, about splashing in green, but um, then cited against but, it yeah, because there my, just wasn't enough. Yeah, the, the green is pretty solid. Yeah. So I will say, of your two decks, you have eight cards that are the same that are in common, and that is just the white. Basically, white so I'll, I'll, I mean, I ran all the good white cards, yeah. and I assume <laughs> yeah. you ran Which all the good white cards too. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I could have ran. I think you could have run Spire Manga. Whatever the what are you looking for? The Azorius Flyers. Since they had the hybrid man, I could have yeah, ran them. I think Senate in, Griffin yeah. is definitely a card. I just saw blue and immediately was like, ah, blue. Get out of here. So <laughs> as far as my like yeah. review, I think that it would have yeah, been so are... easy for you to splash blue. I think that you would have had to take out either uh, red or, or black. Yeah. Uh, but I think that yeah, blue you was prioritizing what you were, were prioritizing 
uh, makes it very difficult for you to do so. Yeah. Uh, this might have been the ones where I could make this deck and then also make an Azorius deck. I think this, yes. as far black. as like your red goes and your just Rakdos, I think that it'll got an inheritance. While it's kind of a, a meme on its own, it just is going to keep you alive in games. I think yeah. it's, it's potentially runnable, but again, like your deck wants to be faster than it does want to, you know, extend the yeah, game. Yeah, these, so. these are definitely sideboard cards for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't uh, include any of my combat tricks. Spire Mangler, if you see that you are able to consistently get flyers, then it becomes that much better. Yeah. But as it stands, because you don't really have yeah, that I don't much have a lot. If I was running blue, blue and white, like, yes. a lot yeah, of this, Splashing this into as an Esper. Yeah. And I think that, again, as Garion didn't, you could have used Impassioned Orators as, yeah, as a way that to, was that's a, definitely a backup because I don't know how many tokens. The goal is tokens. <laughs> that's, that's I don't know how many idea. tokens yeah. it would right. make. But your deck is also very creature heavy in and yeah. of itself. So I think that yeah. having and passion orders, if you have two of those out, as I was telling Gary when he was here, uh, was that having two of those out, getting one two life per turn becomes yeah. a massive incremental advantage over time. Yeah, and worst comes worst, they're two two for two. Yeah, always play those. Yeah, yep. So I would definitely give Corey like. B, B plus on this. I think that the deck is, is solid. I think that his mana is going to need work, which yeah, is Yeah, that's, that's always problem. the hard part. Uh, because we've I only got ways, right? yeah. one gate that I can use. Yeah, and I think that's where I, I, I find the biggest drawback. another thing that drew me to saying, okay, I'm going to go Azorius, and if I'm going to splash, yeah, I'm going to splash green for Simic three because gates, there's a lot of games. Three gates, two hollow fountains, fountains, and yeah, two Simic guild gates. Really strong so. Azorius lands. What I, so like I think Garion's going to have a better mana base. Oh, yeah. But I think Corey has the stronger deck just because... It doesn't really matter what Garen throws out. Yeah, if I have to, answers to it, then yeah. Yeah. I mean, getting to the answers is yeah, going to be the hard part. Yeah, the, another thing that I prioritized was evasion and card draw. There was a yeah. lot of card draw that I had. But I think Which it's interesting is, what that is is some of the decisions about what we thought was really good but not quite includable yeah. was exactly the same. It was like, yeah, they are good, but it doesn't make the 23 just yet. You yeah. know what I mean? And I There's think, a lot of sideboard worthy cards yes yeah. and i think both of you kind of undervalue the life gain in this set just because life gain generally not good commander players life yeah, gain is garbage right. I, I tend to forget about <laughs> yeah. life gain. and so in a deck like this especially where both of you are trying to play to the end game right yeah Garen, you're trying to get to high alert Corey, you want judith and you want heroes so you're trying to get that value yeah. and all your removal is kind of high end you want to be able to stay in the game as long as possible and i think that impassioned orators and uh, it'll got inherent things that'll help you get there. Yeah, are going to be a lot little stronger. value over the time. Yeah, I think yeah. those are going to be stronger than what you'd normally value. Yeah. yeah, like we were saying before, Corey came in with those cards. The <clears throat> they're the order. Yeah, impassion yeah, order. Um, it can set a gruel deck back a whole turn each time you play a, a card because yeah. they're trying to deal this damage all the time. Yeah, you don't saying, even have to okay, block. Well, yeah, yeah, it's I'm like well, get back. It's fine. So. You can write and give them haste. Yeah. <laughs> Should have given them the counter, but bummer. Uh, but <laughs> so again, we get a token. There's so many decisions that you have to make just when deck building. And this kind of showcases the differences between different strategies. Yeah. Garion is looking for evasion. He wants those flyers. He wants to be able to just get in damage without having to worry about his opponents. Whereas Corey, rather than having to deal with enemy flyers, he says, I'm just going to kill him and I'm just going to go low to the ground. I'm going to be aggressive yeah. and I'm just going to smash face. Yeah. And I think that's also part of just Corey's experience in pre-release is yeah. that being low to the ground, being the aggro player yeah. makes aggro them have to make decisions so that you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I find it amusing that I picked the deck or the the pre-release kit that was going to be the most control oriented for players who don't play control. Yep. And Corey still <laughs> managed to go as far away from it as he could there, yeah, into I mean, just the aggro deck just it's because true. he had good removal in those things. So because you guys chose such different decks, it's kind of hard to look at just a one-to-one -one comparison on certain cards. Yeah. Uh, which I would have definitely done be like, okay, why did you play this over this? Uh, but really it comes down to like, why didn't you... Uh, Gary, why didn't you splash into green? Like Simic. you had the the ability to, you had the cards, and you had things like Scuttle Gator, kind of that Simic hybrid. Uh, like what really kept you away from? It? Was it because you wanted to keep your mana consistent? Was it because the, the cards really just weren't there? What, Part what? of it is mana. So I know that adding a third color really can fuck up your game, especially yeah. in the beginning. Uh, you know, first three turns, which is really where you want to be trying to connect. Um, but also because a lot of the really good Simic cards that I was looking at when I first started, other than Aramunculus, were pretty high on the mana curve. So it was also, yeah, I have to worry about getting my mana, the right mana, but I also have to worry about lasting long enough to play those cards. Um, and Sealed is slow, so you are going to have a yeah. little bit more time. But I do agree that you have to make those considerations. Yeah, I, I think there were strong Simic cards. I just don't think there was enough to outmaneuver what I was doing with the Zorius. 
And Corey, obviously, that Mardu, I mean, Judith is a really strong pull in number yeah. 12, especially if you're able to pair with Hero, where you have that consistent, like, uh, just, method of just getting creatures that you can just chuck out for blockers exactly, or just yeah. continually attack in and make Value. your bunch of make decisions. Uh, you got a sack outlet as well, which is really convenient. And you had the uh, final payment, which is nice. It's destroy creature. You get a sack, get a Judith trigger. There's a lot going on there to, to push you into that direction. Exactly. Yeah. So last thing I want to talk about is the different matchups for a sealed event like this. So because this is a seeded pack and because other people are going to be playing that, uh, there's kind of certain categories that we're going to talk about. So if you're playing against a Rakdos deck or just an Orzhov deck, one of the more aggro decks, what are you citing in? What are you citing out? Like, what is the, the game plan? <laughs> Unfortunately so, for me, there was not a lot of removal, period. There right. was just no way to splash it or sideboard it or anything like that. So there wasn't a whole lot of just answer rem uh, sideboard. Right, you're not going to get one for one answers. That's Corey? I mean, obviously I have my answers for, for either of you. Uh, because I've, I've seen both of you build. I know what the cards you didn't put in were. Corey, I mean, you kind of have your sideboard-ish cards here. Yeah, uh, I've got a, a couple of sideboards, and like there aren't a lot of answers in these colors, besides life gain or more evasive creatures. Like there there isn't there, a ton of answers. There is a, de a deface, but I need enchantment rule so I can get rid of high alerts and shit like that. Right. But so, there isn't a lot of that. Yeah. But so. there is destroyed defenders, which is a lot of high alert decks would be using yeah yeah but as far as like the aggressive decks i think impassioned order is a card that neither of you guys played which is kind of interesting that both of you steered away from it but i think that that's the exact card that you want in this sort of deck and even in gary Hans deck where you do have the yeah, higher creatures we got three of them yeah and you play impassioned order into impassioned order into impassioned order and you all of a sudden have three life and then every single time you play a creature you're gaining three life yeah that's gonna put uh, an aggro deck super far behind because they just aren't gonna be able to answer you strong enough um, as far as control goes, I mean, you don't really have the control mirror uh, in this pool because, yeah. I mean, we have no counter spells. We have know, right? very simple, straightforward removal. This was a removal. weird Azorius box. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's kind of a matter of whether or not you can get to late game and how well your late game does. And as long as you can make them answer your early threats in Corey's pool, then I think that you're get, just get stronger the longer the yeah, game goes. Yeah, because the more multicolored spells you cast, more tokens you cast... And then eventually you get more afterlife triggers, and then Judith just pumps everything. Yeah, and with Garion, it comes down to high alert, really. Like that's high kind alert, of your and alert and I, and I felt is like really there good. There was a lot of flying, and so it does require people to use removal maybe earlier than they would have. Because if you're coming in with a three four each turn and you can't block it, you have to use something yeah. to get rid of it. Yeah, and there's not really like a, a tempo style deck or any kind of alt win cons aside from the persistent petitioners or whatever they are. <laughs> yeah. uh, we and only had one. In, in sealed, you're not going to get those win cons very often. So it's kind of hard to run those decks. So I don't really see those as a, a viable option. Yeah. So obviously we've, uh, we've tanked a couple of these beers. What are you, what are you still sipping on drew here? So this is the Saison actually. This is the one that I nicked from Corey while he was out of the room. Yeah. We've switched a nice. bit. Yeah. My, uh, the six glass, my quadruple ale, this one here, uh, it's been gone for about an hour. This one, uh, it's pretty good. Was, uh, yeah, this one, this is the one that I started with. It was smaller, so I'll give myself that amount. But it was good. I mean, it was really, really sweet. Really high yeah, it was alcohol. Way content. sweeter than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. That sweetness. Um, but it, all of these beers have been funky. It's weird oh, to say yeah. when a saison is like the mild beer. Yeah. And then we had the Epic Brewing, the passion fruit one, and that's, that's the, one. the one Drew and I traded. So I'm drinking that one. And I just sipped a couple, a little bit of they this. They can't one. see it's, on camera there. <laughs> pretty good. It's still really funky. Yeah. Like, I, had, I haven't gotten etiquette. used to it. <laughs> yeah. It's every time. Almost all gone. <laughs> yeah. Every time I go back to it, like, whether it's the, the biggest smell, bottle too. Like, yep. Yeah. I think Sean got that one just for me. <laughs> just I'm going to have to tell him how funky tricky. it was. Yeah. It was good though. I, I mean, it, it, there was yeah. like a fruity taste to it's it. It's different. It's almost, I said grapefruit at the beginning, but I don't know that that's true. I don't true. think that, yeah. No, the more it, I drink it, the less... tart and sour, and this one yeah. is... it's. It does have a sourness to it, but it just has this... It's fermenty, like, yeah. Yeah, kombucha it's style. It's got this kind of yeasty... Yeah, like a, yeah, sort of bitter undertone. And then I've got the Red Rock Brewing, uh, El Cuatro there, uh, and this one is 
actually pretty decent. I don't really yeah. like saisons, but this one has been a lot better. I like Red yeah. Rock. They're a really good brewery. A lot of the saisons I've had have been a lot fruitier, like the passion fruit one. And that one's more on the weeder, yeah, weedier has, side. Yeah. But still funky. Yeah. It's, 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 still it's a, little, a little, funky. <laughs> little funky, but it's not in your face. I think that all of those Belgian style uh, ales are going to be like that. Uh, but some of them less so, which is more my realm. So yeah, guys, thank you. Uh, obviously, stay safe, and thank you for indulging us on this crazy pre-release yes, build this idea experiment that we just yeah, had going on. I think we should do it again. We might do it again. I think it's a lot of should. fun. I enjoyed yeah. this. Honestly, what I want to do is, since you guys have, have done a build, what I want to do is I want to get your brother in because he has yeah. a completely different perspective, and obviously Corey and I have a similar perspective. Yeah. But if we can get Sean to build and then me to, to build with that same pack, yeah, that way we have completely like four different opinions four different ideas on how to build not from the same kit obviously because that would get a little dull for you guys but yeah you're gonna see the same cards but but for the next set going green (laughs) for war of the spark just bring in a a new kit and just see what happens you know i think it'd be a really good perspective to have all of these differing opinions and just see how different people build Um, uh but really it comes down to what you guys want like we are trying to make sure that you guys have the entertainment that you're looking for hopefully Uh, it wasn't too hectic right uh so let us know whether or not we should continue with these pre-release series. Absolutely, yeah. uh, let us know what fresh, funky brews you guys have. Hell yeah. Also, what beers you're drinking. Yeah. You can hit us up on Twitter, which is at UUD Podcast, or on Instagram, which is Untap Up Keep Drink. Uh, we, you know, we kind You'll of find us on YouTube, of, of course. Yep. Untap Up Keep Drink. Yep. Uh, all of these places. And hopefully, you're not just listening to the podcast version of this one. Hopefully, because I think this just be absolute garbage. I don't know. Are we releasing oh, this yeah. on podcast version or is this a YouTube video We're going to release only? it on podcast version, but if you heard it on podcast version, you should probably skip on over to YouTube because there was a lot of cars that we covered. We didn't read even half I of them. I didn't read any yeah. of the yeah. cars. Yeah. Gary and I were just talking about I mean, we side tried, I tried to read a, read a lot of them, but you can't read all of them. And and that's part of the decision-making process. So it's good to at least see what's being drawn. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, check it Hit out. Us up in comment, the comments. Let us know what's going on. Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, let us know what you're up to. Thank you guys for joining us, as always. Have fun, but not too much.